Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Help on the Way podcast, where we are featuring December 15th, 1978, from the Boutwell Auditorium in Birmingham, Alabama. I am your co-host, The Game, here with my fellow co-host, Fig, as Knob is currently away on assignment. Fig, how you doing on this lovely, uh... What evening is it? Wednesday. <laughs> this lovely Wednesday <laughs> evening where we are rec- when we are recording. It's a little hot. I'll be honest. I got a fan going on. I hope the the fans, uh, no pun intended, don't hear the fan. Yeah, that was terrible. Let's restart. Um, I hope that the fans don't hear my fan in the background. Uh, a little hot in here. It's a little bit of a hot spell around around these parts, but uh, we're doing okay. Ready to talk some Grateful Dead. Um, ready to try to hopefully say some smart things in Nob's absence. And and give the uh, fans of the pod what they deserve. Yes, we do have some heavy lifting to do um, in the <laughs> absence of in the, in the absence. I, I've read multiple books. Um, <laughs> I'm you know I have my cliff notes here and I'm ready to do it. Well, in honor of uh, Nob being away on assignment, let's go ahead and start the Channel Six News segment. In Nob's honor. And we're going to start this week with a quick discussion of the very tiny Phil and Friends run. Uh, Phil and Friends did a three-night run in the Northeast. uh, July 21st in Boston. July 22nd in Patchog, New York. And then July 23rd in New Haven, Connecticut. Uh, Fig, I do believe you did some nosing on the set lists of these... um, Phil and Friends show and kind of fell in love with one of them. Yeah, I'm crushing kind of hard on this July 23rd, that last show of this mini tour here in New Haven, Connecticut. And I'm starting to wonder if next time Phil and Friends come around my parts, I really need to go see them because this set list looks amazing. We start off with a Dark Star. I've never... Okay, so it's a Dark Star tease, but okay, I get it, I get it. But can you just imagine, you know, the lights go down, the anticipation has built to such an extent, and you hear, you know, Dark Star. Um, that sounds amazing. Really, the show starts with uh, China Rider. We go into a loser, into Deep Ellum Blues, which is one of my favorite of the traditional uh, covers that the Grateful Dead did, into a Dear Prudence, which Beatles are one of my favorite bands. So another great cover, into They Love Each Other, Set two, help slip, let it grow. We get Scarlet Begonias, Dark Star, playing in the band, Encore Breakdown. I mean, that's an amazing set. That's making me think that I need to go see Phil. It's time. It's time. Have you have you ever saw a uh, a Phil and Friends show? I've never seen Phil and Friends. I did see Phil with. It was either the dead or further uh, in my youth. See, I um, was I was not on the bus during. It was a the... that was a long that was a long yeah. time ago. I and I don't remember which iteration it was or what. The, I don't remember much about that show. Um, but that's the only time that I saw Phil. Um, but I've never seen Phil and Friends. Um, the show's kinda, often kinda get. To. Yeah, yeah, the shows often get very, very good reviews. Um, yeah, I really it seems like something I'm sleeping on. Yeah, and... I myself have only listened to a few 
um, of the Phil and Friends show. And, and I think for me, I guess because the lineup isn't locked in, I, I guess there's a few staples, but I guess the Friends do kind of... Friends. Yeah, I guess the Friends really do kind of come in and out. So um, I guess I kind of can't lock into like, oh, this is the core and I love the core kind of thing. Like I could with like, with like Dead and Company. But um, right. very rare, very rarely do I ever read a bad word about a uh, a Phil and Friends show. Or well, I, think, I think the cool thing about Phil and Friends. Oh, go ahead, finish. No, no, no. Or, or, or I was going to say, or Phil and Friends, or when Bobby and Phil did the solo uh, acoustic tour, them two together. I guess a duo tour, not solo. Um, really, that, I didn't know that happened. Yeah, that was a few years back. Um, that also got pretty pretty good reviews. And that That's I think cool. I only ever watched like like maybe like one of, and they did like a whole bunch of shows. Yeah, that's excellent. Um, yeah, definitely something. Well, here's the thing: is you know I, I think Phil was in I don't want to say worse health, but you know I think his health kind of stopped him from coming uh, back east for a number of years, and now it seems like there's a lot of shows with Phil and friends back east, and yeah, it definitely seems like something that I really want to try to make because it seems like you know kind of catching a catching a star like you got to do it when when it's around so what are you doing the next time phil and friends comes around <laughs> um what's what's phil's touring schedule normally like would you know like does he normally I, you know i feel like Lately, it's been a lot. I mean, it's a lot of festivals, and and I don't do festivals. I just, I don't have. I mean, I barely have time for shows, so I don't have time for festivals. I feel like it's a lot of festivals, but these this this latest Northeast run seems. Um, I think there was one festival, but it seemed like there were also other, you know, just kind of standalone shows. And those set lists look really fun, and they look special, and it looked like something I want I want to be a part of. So. For a while, I used to think Phil was, ex- and maybe, and when I say for a while, maybe when I was like brand new to everything, I used to think Phil was almost exclusive to that Terrapin Crossroads. Right, right. But I don't know if that exists anymore. I don't think it does. I think that closed down with the pandemic. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, Nob, I, I should Nob see. Would know. Yeah, Nob. See, we're already missing you. Um, <laughs> I really should seek out Phil. I just don't think he's ever remotely come close to at least my area. I mean, maybe Philly, but that's probably the closest. Um, Where's Patchogue, New York? I'm not even sure. Is that, I that's think, probably Long Island, right? Uh, get our, let's get I have, on that. I have to think so, because Boston, Patchogue, New Haven. Unless it's up near, like, I don't know. Connecticut. It's in, and, yeah, it's just Long Island. It's in Suffolk, right. Suffolk County, New York. So, yeah. so I ain't going to Long Island for for music these days. So you know. Yeah, I'm. Um, seems like the Harrisburg area, um, and this is actually totally off topic from from the podcast. But it seems like the past couple weeks, um, the Harrisburg area keeps announcing like different jam bands. And I was like, oh, well, like, I feel like that never was a thing in this area. And now it's like Trey's coming and Dogs in a Pile are coming. Nice. And well, Dogs in a Pile are somewhat local. So I see that. Somebody so else. The Trey coming. news was, was, was news to me. But they're playing Labor Day. So Labor uh... Day week? Or no, you said, you said Thanksgiving. 
Yeah, dogs in a pile is Thanksgiving. Trey is sometime. I don't know, because Fish is doing tour. I, I didn't think Trey was that far from now. But Fish is touring, so I'm not sure. No, yeah, I think you mentioned he... it was Thanksgiving time. And look into that real quickly. Trey, Anastasio Band, tour 2023. September 16th. It's September 16th? For so so Trey and classic Trey Anastasio band is September seventeenth, and then dogs and then dogs on a pile is Thanksgiving weekend. Oh, okay. So yeah, it just seems like um we went from like none to all of a sudden like now. Granted, there's two examples, but still like <laughs> two decent examples in my opinion. So you know the uh, dead. You know the dead played City Island, right? Yeah, um, cool and and uh, Joe Russo, um, J Rad, I saw is going to be in, in Bethlehem, too. Mm. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, like I do that. I I like all these like non like big city shows. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. continuing on to um, non big city shows. Uh, Bobby Ware and the Wolf Brothers have announced some brand new tour dates. Um, of course, they are joining uh, Willie Nelson and the Outlaw Music Festival um, for some of their shows. Um, and I believe those dates start um, with the Outlaw Music Festival in September 10th in Franklin, Tennessee. Uh, but the new dates that Bobby Ware and Wolf Brothers have announced uh, coming up in the near future, um, they added, um, and these are um, independent shows, uh, September 13th at the Ting Pavilion in Charlottesville, Virginia, September 19th, the Green at Shelbourne Museum in South Burlington, Vermont, uh, September 26th, um, Mearshan Auditorium, Columbus, I believe it's probably Columbus, Ohio. Yeah. Um, September 27th, the Met in Philly, and September 28th, Pier 6 Pavilion in Baltimore. Uh, that's also going to be holding Billy and the kids um, in their near future there. Um, also, they've added a bunch of different um, dates in October and November, which I won't go over those right now because there is quite an abundance of those yeah. dates. But I mean, yeah. it's pretty much all of October that, that they're on tour. But it looks uh, mostly out west. Um, a little bit of a DC run at the Kennedy Center. Wow, I wonder if they're going to have... Last time they played Kennedy Center, they had uh, some, like a s orchestra with them. I wonder if that's the idea with this one. Because I know that they're expanding the band to the full Wolfpack for some of these shows. Actually, I think the Philly shows with the Wolfpack. Um, and I know, I'm going to have a channel knob here, is that... Yeah, Knob was saying... The Wolfpack shows might be more interesting. Paraphrasing, I'm not gonna, you know, quote this quote knob. <laughs> All right, moving on from Bobby Ware and the Wolf Brothers is we have um, Fig. I'm gonna hand this one off to you. This is the crossword puzzle. Um, okay, so this is. <laughs> I'm gonna see if I can do this. Okay. Um. This is something that came up in our little chit chat Discord channel where Knob, Game, and I talk, and you know we talk about everything, you know, Grateful Dead or otherwise uh, going on. And uh, I do the New York Times crossword 
puzzle on the app uh, from time to time, mostly Monday through pretty much Monday and Tuesday. Uh, Sunday, I kind of noodle around until I get sick of it. Wednesday through Saturday, it's like, it's too tough, man. But Monday and Tuesday is a lot of fun. So on Monday, I started thinking maybe we had some help on the way fans here because one across, the answer was Fig. Interestingly enough, I mean, they're talking about Fig Newtons, right? But I thought, okay, great, Fig. However, we get to 34 across, and it's a four-letter word for a stuck-up person. And the last three letters was N-O-B. So I text the chain, I take a screenshot, text the chain. I didn't know what the other, I didn't know what the first letter was. I didn't know what 34 down was at all. And I ask whether there's help on the way here. Nob writes back, and Nob says, damn, that 91 review is going to haunt me forever, huh? Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what Nob was talking about. I think he panned a 91 show at some point. I think that's, I think that's what Nob was talking about. Uh, however, I realized quickly that a stuck-up person, I would say a Nob. Right? Like, a knob. Like, you're being a knob, right? I agree. Like, yeah, that kind of makes sense. Yeah. Uh, but the answer was snob. <laughs> and once it became clear to me that the answer was snob, I uh, just kind of, like, lolled out of that one. <laughs> um, so, yeah, this, this, this crossword had nothing to do with the podcast and had everything to do with me thinking that knob is a stuck-up person or that a knob is a stuck-up person. Anyway, knob, we miss you, as you can tell, from the train wreck that is this show. I don't think that this show is that much of a train wreck, <laughs> besides one of us being at least three quarters of a sleep and the other one at least being two or three beers deep. So, no, I think we're doing... <laughs> and they're IPAs. Yeah. Ooh, I think I think we're doing quite well <laughs> on, this, <laughs> on this episode. Um, but speaking of shows and episode, let's move over to our main event of the evening, which is December 15th, 1978, at the Boutwell Auditorium in Birmingham, Alabama. Um, I'm going to just read over the entire show here quickly, um, and then we were going to go over some Reddit comments, because we had two... Uh, we actually had a few Reddit comments yeah, um, on this show, uh, but two particularly... Yes, and two particularly longer ones. So we're going to focus on those comments, um, as well as intertwine our thoughts on the show as well. Um, so, the set list of December 15th, 1978, Boutwell Auditorium, Friday night in Birmingham, Alabama. Of course, the show kicked off with Promised Land, because Bobby had to bring up Birmingham. Um, then it was Shakedown Street, New Minglewood Blues, Friend of the Devil, El Paso, From the Heart of Me, yeah. uh, Brown Eyed Women, Cassidy, and set one ended with Deal. Um, then set two opened up with I Need a Miracle, Into Bertha, Into Good Lovin', then we got It Must Have Been the Roses, Terrapin Station, Playing with the Band, Drums and Space, Stella Blue, Truckin', then set two ended with a Playing in the Band reprise, yeah. Into an Encore of U.S. Blues. Um, Fig, I'm now going to pass the reins over to you uh, to begin reading over some of these Reddit comments. Yeah, definitely. Thanks a lot. Um, I do have some comments on the show, um, just very, very generally before getting to the Reddit comments. 
Um, and and just you know, beware to the audience that this was an odd. That I don't I didn't see that there's a soundboard recording of this Birmingham, Alabama show from uh, December '78 available. Um, and the odd was decent. I mean, it, it sounded good. It was a little boomy, so you know, just make sure you know you're not on headphones. Um, probably wouldn't sound great in, in in your ear, but um, you know, it's a good one for speakers. And if I would say listen to one track, I liked Friend of the Devil. Uh, Terrapin, Jerry's first solo was absolutely gorgeous, dreamy, just a delicious little solo there. Um, the rest I was not too happy about. Um, but let's see what the Redditors have to say. So we get a new uh, commenter from you know what I've seen. Uh, this individual is called Enlo the Infinite One. And they say, I listened to the entire show. Here are my top songs after one listen. First set, Friend of the Devil. I agree. From the heart of me. I agree. Beautiful. And a compact Cassidy. And set two, they are liking the Terrapin into playing in the band and the U.S. Blues. And I would say that's, um, again, I, I like, I mean, Jerry's first solo is absolutely something to check out. Um, the rest of it was not a huge fan. I did like when they came back into it, though. Uh, that was that was really excellent. Um, I, I really liked it. Was trucking into playing in the band, which was cool, and the, and the Stella along the way was just absolutely phenomenal. I'm gonna keep going with another redditor whose name is a little bit, I mean, a little new to me, and and also there's a little bit of a conversation here. So Trippin Dreamin says 7879 were the years that I started touring. From the heart of me was okay, but it wasn't sunrise okay so that's interesting because um we listened to from the heart of me um on the 78 show and the very next show that we feature on the podcast is from 77 which has sunrise and another interesting thought is i actually really like from the heart of me better than sunrise 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 to me like is a better song but i actually kind of like the playing on from the heart of me um on the 78 show Definitely check out Jerry's playing at the end. He does this like these fluttery descending lines, um, and it just works so well. I, I kind of love Jerry as like a backup artist. You know what I mean? Like part of a backing band. Like isn't that a cool thought? It's like yeah, my name is Don Gene, and here's my backing band. Oh yeah, Jerry Garcia's in it. <laughs> um, and and that's kind of what was going on uh, with uh, from the heart of me uh, in that '78 show, and. Let's see here. Trip and Dreamin' says... Also, it wasn't that w- rare in the rotation, and what they're referring to is the fact that when I go through... When I introduce the set, like, on Reddit, uh, in, in the title, I kind of do some some editorial kind of uh, parentheticals where I say, hey, this is the first set opener. Hey, here's the encore. Hey, here's the, you know, here's the suite if they play, like, a two-song, you know, jam. Uh, and from the heart of me, I say is a rarity. And and what Trip and Dreamin says is this is not rare when it was in the rotation. I remember thinking once or twice, no, not again, uh, which was pretty funny. I mean, you know, th- th- Donna had a couple of her, you know, showcases, and and the Dead were happy to oblige. You know, of course, they buried them, you know, in the middle of the first set or something. But I always liked Donna's songs. I mean, I I, th- I think it's a really cool, just change of pace, um, and they're good. And then Access Denied 44 says, I think Sunrise was written about Rex Jackson. I don't know who Rex Jackson is. I really wish Nob were here. Uh, game, if you could elucidate me. I appreciate that, but... Let me, um... 
Why don't you start with Cabonius? I'll I'll try to get some Rex Jackson. Well, no, I am. Um, when you Google Rex Jackson, one of the first automatic things that come up with it is Grateful Dead. Uh, is it the Rex Foundation? Is that? It might be. Uh, we did a lot of work with the Rex Foundation. Rex. Yeah, okay, cool. Named after Rex Jackson, a Grateful Dead roadie, and later road manager until his death in 76. Okay, so. We got there. Good to know. All right, uh, our next comment is from um, Carbonius, and it says this, and this is a long one, so. Long, we appreciate buckle up. I appreciate it, but um, you are going to listen to me talk here for a little bit. In fact, let me get my spectacles out and make this a little bit bigger. Okay. Um, love to see this. I'm a big fan of December 1978. If most heads think about this period at all, they think of the legendary closing of Winterland show. Yeah. The general perception is that the band was at a low ebb. Keith and Donna were self-destruction were self-destructing and soon to leave the band, and Garcia and Lesh were sinking into their own addictions. Mm. The Egypt trip in September had come close to, to bankrupting the organization. As to the music, Egypt had been lackluster, and the October Winterland shows were hit or miss. Then, Garcia had been so sick with the flu in late November that shows had to be canceled. So mm. this quote-unquote Southern tour and the January 79 shows that were to follow were largely necess uh, necessitated by the need to earn money. By the but, way, great context into what yes. the band was happening. And, and it's interesting you know, because Spring 77 was such a high, and even Fall 77 was such a high. It's interesting to see what happened to the band in 78 and 79 and you know, maybe why they weren't reaching those highs um, so appreciate that context. Go ahead. But my impression of the music from December 1978 is that the band, with the exception of Keith, had come back strongly from the low points of the fall shows. Yeah. While there are a few storied venues on this tour, the High Life Fronton in Miami, the Fox in Atlanta, some of these venues are rarity, like the Jackson Show on the 19th, the only time they'd play in Mississippi, and this show at Batwell on the second time they've come they to show. Alabama. Um, going off the beaten track feels like they'd freed from expectations and from all the hangers-on and backstage groupies they'd encountered at shows in NYC or the tri-state area. And again, that's great context. I would never have thought about, you know, how they hit the same shows, you know, multiple times a year, and, and they know these people, and they have hangers-on, groupies, etc. So, it's cool. This show had a solid first set, but there didn't seem to be many fireworks. Friend of the Devil is often a standout in 78, and this one continues the trend. It's nice to hear Donna get a chance to really sing on Heart of Me. Agreed. She was born and raised only around 100 miles north of Birmingham, after all. And I, oh, she was born and raised only 100 miles north of Birmingham, after all. And I like her work on Deal in 78, although I know not everyone feels that way. But this deal feels a bit perfunctory, especially, especially as a closer. 
Second set is stronger. Bob delivers with Miracle and then gets into some fine raving with Good Lovin'. The yeah. Bertha in between those songs is also rocking. But for me, the second set really gets going with playing in the band. That's probably because I'm not a huge Terrapin fan. Mm. But playing and Phil, they say I know sacrilege. Yes. But in playing, Phil hits notes that remind me of his work from the record. Uh, from the second Fox show of May 77. Garcia and Ware get good and weird for a bit, and you can hear the drummers just raring to get going with some some of the rhythm rhythm devil stuff. The band has caught fire. It's an interesting take because I did not care for the playing. I thought it was noodly. The real standout for me is Stella Blue. This is a song that we all think of as an evergreen favorite. It was played over 325 times and was never out of rotation since its intro in 1972. However, it was only played 10 times in all of 1978. And 78 is actually a massive touring year for the band. The most shows they played, wow. 82, since 1972, which was 85. Wow. And just one less than 1971. Wow. Keith, Keith, they really were. Um, Keith wakes up for this number, and Garcia sings and plays his heart out. It's really emotional, just a beautiful, lovely rendition. And the audience is respectful, but appreciative. And speaking of which, if you are a Stella Blue fan, do not miss the version from Four Nights Later on the 19th in Jackson. It's the one time I know of that Stella Blue, Stella Blue goes into Not Fade Away rather than the reverse, and it truly is special. Cool. Um, back to this show, it's fantastic to have Truckin' get the crowd up on their feet and dancing again, instead of, say, around and around. And <laughs> then closing, and then the closing playing in the band is just a beautiful way to bring things full circle. My sincere thanks to the RNG gods and the help on the way gang for delivering this show. Don't miss this one, folks. This show convincingly shatters the somewhat common narrative that the dead were in the weeds after the triumph of the July 78 Red Rock shows and only recovered when the gauchos departed. And it's a solid odd to boot. All the years combined. Excellent. Excellent. Hell of a comment. Hell wow. Of a comment. Really, really good stuff. Really good stuff. And I did like, you know, just to, just to, you know, kind of piggyback off that, it, it was interesting how, so the show ends playing drums, Stella trucking, playing. And there weren't, there weren't those kind of like around around, there weren't, there wasn't Johnny Be Good, like there wasn't like those rock songs to kind of end, end the show. It was trucking, really, because uh, playing was kind of, was kind of short and they, um, you know, kind of like to, you know, end the sandwich, if you will. Uh, but trucking was like the was the rock song to to end the set. Very interesting, and a really great um, comment there from Cabonia. So thanks so much. Uh, and then our final Reddit comment of this evening, at least I think it's the final. Yes, is from JWG three, uh, and JWG three stated first show in the heart of my dead zone, which is seventy eight to eighty ish. I've heard since jumping on the help on the way train. Ooh. Overall, I thought it was definitely on the lower end of performances I've heard from the era, but still pretty good. 
I remain secure in my designation of this time period, oddly as the favorite of mine. As expected, though, it's hard for this odd-only experience to live up to our last one, Nassau 85. Again, maybe the tape had a role in this, but I felt the downsides of slow Friend of the Devil this time. Just didn't move the needle for me, and I have a feeling that the next Fast Friend of the Devil we get will feel especially fresh and exciting. Game, that, do, you, uh, do you have a preference? Slow versus fast? Uh, Actually, let me go to my notes. I'll tell you exactly what I said about this Friend of the Devil. One second. Well, I just meant generally. Well, this was a... Um, I liked... Was this was 78 considered fast or slow? This was a slow one. Because my literal Friend of the Devil comment is simply, Donna! <laughs> <laughs> just... With, uh, with three N's and many, many A's. That's All right. the only thing. So I was a fan of the 78 Friend of the Devil. <laughs> um, let's see here. Uh, blah, 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 blah. That Cassidy and Deal to close set one was a big highlight, though. There was a reason why that was a comfortable for, way for them to hit the set break. I'll probably give the nod to set two. Though the Anya-Miracle Bertha transition wasn't nearly as exciting as I'd hoped, those two, with Good Lovin', was such a rockin' party. First, Stella blew out of space I've heard in a minute, and it hit me hard. Definitely the biggest highlight of the show for me. Uh, home stretch was pretty straightforward. The U.S. Blues encore was another reminder that despite our indulgence in the archive for heady jams and moments of magic, they also can just perform well well-written songs to satisfaction yeah. captured a lot of the spirit of the show for me in many ways it felt like eating a bag of candy oh that's a nice way to put it hmm i would never sounds... ever put it that way but i like that yeah i mean what you get sick of it by the end of it is that, is that what you mean maybe <laughs> Yeah. Um, I agree with a lot of that. Um, yeah, no, that was good. That was good. I my my notes for this show. I will. I'll go over just the highlights here. Um, sure. Promised Land. I just said was okay. However, I really did enjoy the pop of the crowd when Bobby sang the Birmingham lyric. Um, yeah. Everybody roared. It was pretty cool. Um, yeah. And that and that's what you get out of an odd. You know that that's the, yeah that makes an odd special. Yeah. Um, I thought Shakedown was mellow. Um, New Mingle Wood was okay. Um, Friend of the Devil, I just have Donna. Donna. Uh, El Paso, very good. Uh, From the Heart of Me is another Donna. Yeah, uh, great, great crowd reaction, I thought. Yeah. Um, and then um, Brown Eyed Women, Cassidy, and Deal, I all had were good. Mm-hmm. Um, set two, uh, I did enjoy more than set one personally. Uh, I Need a Miracle, I thought, uh, had much more energy than Promised Land. I had Bertha good. Good Lovin' was good. Um, I thought the Must Have Been the Roses on this show was rough. Um, yeah, I, 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 yeah. I said it was I, poor placement, and I just wasn't digging it. Yeah, I don't know if, like, the recording was just started halfway through the first verse, or... Garcia just decided to start the song halfway through the first verse, but it was it was weird. It uh, was weird. There's some weird stuff going on there. Yeah. Um, then I had Terrapin was good. Playing, I actually had playing in the band, which was okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jumps of Space, I skipped. <laughs> Stella Blue, lovely. I had for Stella Blue. Yeah. 
Um, enjoy the transition from Stella into Truckin' of Tempo and Good. Uh, I also enjoyed the transition from Truckin' into Playing Reprise. Uh, and I thought U.S. Blues was a good show ender. So, yeah, yeah. the show was a would it show. Make, would it make your Book of the Dead? Uh, I guess it now would be a perfect time to segue right into all of that. Um, no. Um, this show would not make my Book of the Dead. Um, but I think it wouldn't make my Book of the Dead. I, I, I don't know why it wouldn't, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. Is um, it because it was an odd? The odd really didn't bother me, though. And a little peek behind the curtain, we're recording two shows tonight, friends. Um, and our next show, I really did notice how much improved the audio quality was of our next of our, of our next show. Um, I don't think it was just the odd. Um, I don't know. I don't know why I wouldn't put some on my Book of the Dead. I liked well, almost all of it, but I can't see myself going back and listening to it again. Mm. Um, how about you? I would say no, just because the odd was a little boomy for my taste. Like, I don't, you know, like, if it wasn't for this uh, project, I probably would not be playing it again. Um, But there were a lot of special parts to it. A lot of special parts to it. Now, do you have a preferred set? Set one or set two? That, I, you know, I think just so that we're not in disagreement, because we don't have Knob here to break the tie. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with set two. And because <laughs> yeah. um, you already uh, mentioned that, that you two gets your nod. Um, and really what I'm thinking about, I love the good loving in that set too. Just a really fun bopping version. It's really what the dead do best uh, in that good loving. And then strangely, I think the next show that we talk about in 77 has a good loving. I feel the exact same thing. Um, and the Terrapin, just it, you gotta listen to Jerry's first solo, and I, I, it's just absolutely gorgeous. It's it's dreamy, it's mellow, it's it's theatrical. It sounds like like a soundtrack of a movie. Um, it, it it just perfectly goes into the next movement of the song, and you know Terrapin kind of drops off from there, but really just exceptional stuff. So um, just for that. Terrapin, and then I loved how they just ended with this playing sandwich featuring Stella and Truckin. And I mean, that's a cool way to end set two. So I'm going to go with set two. And we already know my vote for set two. So after this episode, please stick around for set two of December 15th, 1978 from Birmingham, Alabama. Um, Fig, one more question before we dive into our bookkeeping for this episode. Do you have a show MVP? Yeah, I'm going to go with Jerry. Uh, I have here in my notes just Unreal Jerry solo. Um, I wrote, this is for Friend of the Devil, like a baby bird's first flight. And, uh, you know, if you can if you can make my brain think that way, you're going to get the MVP every day. So, uh, Jerry solo. Yeah, I can't really follow or you for Jerry. that. Jerry, yeah. uh, I'm going to go with Donna. Um, just, just because I had, um, Donna was the only band member I singled out on two of my song reviews, uh, for this show. So yeah, Donna, um, Donna gets my vote. Um, so let's go ahead and do our bookkeeping here for the evening. As always, please go ahead and smash that subscribe button and like, and share with any and all 
of your Grateful Dead friends and family. Uh, you may also find us at wherever podcasts are downloaded. However, if you happen to use a service that loosely rhymes with no <laughs> with no dessert until you eat your broccoli, uh, <laughs> sounds like sounds like this is a, a scenario Fig had to deal with tonight. <laughs> um, you will not find us on that service. Uh, however, you will find us on every other major podcast platform. Uh, you may. Uh, find us directly on the web if you prefer to get your podcast the old-fashioned way at helponthewaypod.podbean.com. You may email us at helponthewaypod at gmail.com. You may communicate with us on Reddit at reddit.com slash r slash Grateful Dead. Fig, any uh, parting words for the evening? Uh, the only parting words I would say is uh, that next week we will be featuring... Uh, June 8th of 77, uh, which is live at the Winterland in San Francisco. And uh, it's a heater, as you would imagine, from June of 77. All righty. And please make sure to stick around for set two of December 15th, 1978. And thank you once again for listening to the Help on the Way podcast.